Most studio owners decide to open their fitness and wellness businesses because they want to help people and add more meaning to their lives. Their heart is in the right place, they're great people, but scaling a profitable business that feels incredible to own and run is trickier than ever before. So where they get stuck is no one's ever shown them how to run a wildly successful business without the overwhelm and the chaos. Plus, they're doing it all alone. Until now. Welcome to the Geronimo Unfiltered Podcast for ambitious boutique studio owners who are allergic to average and know they're capable of more. They're just missing the how. I'm Dozer, your host, CEO and founder of the Geronimo Academy, and together with my crew and my community of owners and managers who are the doers and the implementers, we are on a mission to pioneer a better way to own and operate a health and fitness business while building a life you love, not hate. So if you're ready to push the boundaries, level up your money, meaning and impact, and stop doing it alone, then you're in the right place. This is going to be raw and unfiltered, zero bullshit. So take a deep breath, strap yourselves in, and let's get fucking started. Welcome back to another episode of the John Martin Unfiltered Podcast. I'm Dozy, your host. And BJ as well. All right, we are back. So we got awesome feedback from an episode we did about benchmark reports. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. People were messaging that they love the benchmarks, they gave them clarity around it. And so they know how they're going in their studio. Yeah. But their question was, what about everything else, right? What about the industry? Yep. So what we're going to do today for our listeners, I want to kind of let them in a little bit on the market trends that we went through at mm-hmm. Summit 12 a mm-hmm. couple of weeks ago, because there's good news, isn't there? Look, right. there, there's a lot of bad news out there, but there's some pockets of good news as well. I yeah. Think it's really important we focus on that too. And like joining the dots on it and then like really kind of like what's it actually mean Ooh. to the studio owners out there. Correct. And what the danger might be if you kind of take it the wrong way. Yeah. Let's dive into that. Okay. That's good. So the first one is the rise of the boutique fitness industry. It's growing again. It's back. We're back. That's great news. Yeah. Right? Huge. A couple of years ago, something happened. Someone ate a bat and yep. fucking fucked everything for everyone. Everyone started buying Peloton bikes and never getting to gyms. Yeah. They back. bought the bikes. They bought the treadmills for home. As soon as they open up the world again, what's happening with the, yeah, nothing. With the bikes? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> so I am going to read something off this thing. So some of the numbers, that the global boutique fitness studio market was valued at $49.3 billion in 21, and it's expected to grow by 15% from this year to 2028. That's done by research and markets. Here are some other trends. Because of what lockdowns did for all of us, there is a massive health and wellness focus Mm. in the market, right? But people, people want to prioritize a holistic approach to fitness for themselves, right? Mm. And they want life classes because we want to be around people. Yeah, exactly. We're fucking, we're at home all day long, working from home, you know, in your pajamas. Like we actually do look forward to being around other people. Because we are social animals. So two-thirds of gym members prefer working out with others as opposed to alone, with live fitness classes cited as the most popular offering at the gym. But the other thing as well is if you needed more convincing that the boutique fitness industry is back, guess who's coming to town? Guess who's opening boutique gyms? I think you know the answer. Who is it? Fucking Nike. Did you know that, mate? Even our videographer so Nike is going to open brick-and-mortar gyms. 100%. And do you reckon they're smart enough? Like- would they go into a market that's dead? I reckon they'd know a thing or two about this. Yeah. So for a studio owner out there, like, shit, you might be competing with Nike. You might be competing with Nike, right? But fear not. Mm. Fear not. What I want to say is it's the rise of the boutique fitness industry. That's good news, right? Because otherwise people might be mistaken that, you know, they might get one or two cancels and you think that, oh, the, the economy is fucked. Yeah. Game over. <laughs> no one wants to work out anymore. Yep. The data shows it's opposite. It's yeah. growing again. Yep. 
So, yeah, put that in your head, guys. Like, what's your growth target for this year? Well, 15% sounds pretty good to me. That's good. Yeah. The other rise, though, there's a big but here. Mm-hmm. There's a big but. Why is everyone looking at me? <laughs> You're not the good kind. Exactly. The big there's, but, a, there's a Kardashian joke in there somewhere. Yeah. The big but here is it's not like before when Leeds used to run through the fucking front door and just go take my money. The but here is even though the industry is growing again, it doesn't mean that you don't have to try hard. Mm, that's the biggest shift, right? Like the momentum behind you, that 15%, it's not behind every single studio. It's behind certain... High-performing studios. Mm. So, I got my hands on another report by MNC Saatchi Group. It's a 2023 cost of living report. And I want to go through some stats here. I want to go through some stats and I'm going to triangulate all this kind of stuff and then give our audience four strong points to take from this that I really want them to think about. Sweet. Let's do it. So, the biggest takeout from this cost of living report in 2023 is, even though the boutique fitness industry is growing again, we are in this economy at the moment with some rate rises and- It's a little bit funky. It's a little bit funky. People are making sacrifices on what they're spending to protect what they value. Mm. Okay. So let me go through some stats. In the alcohol category, 53% are spending less on alcohol due to the rising cost of living. 39% are purchasing the cheaper substitutes, right? In the beauty industry, it's up to 90% slash in the beauty industry. So you don't want to be in the beauty industry. They're shopping less frequently for makeup. 90% of them are making their products last a little bit longer. So mm. instead of- you know, I don't know much about the beauty industry. So, if, but like, do, do you just, people were- uh, so You do half a lip. You t- <laughs> <laughs> I actually bought, um, like, drugstore mascara instead of high-end, just because- There you go. Drugstore mascara. There's an awesome ad on at Audi at the minute. Have you seen that one? Where the, they're, they're crying and they're saying, like, I know you'll be back. Like, you're here for the staples, but I know you get your meat at Woolies. But like, even Audi, like, realises, but like, they're going after the shoppers who, like, they get their staples at Audi and they get their other stuff anywhere else. And they're cool with that. But the intentional shopper, like, they've really carved out their niche and they're going right after them. That's fun. That's smart. Um, entertainment. So, 26% of respondents will cancel one or more of their streaming subscriptions in the next three to six months. Mm. So, instead of having five, because you're like one show over here and one show over here, you just got to pick the three streaming services that you just use the most. On entertainment, if there's any gym owners out there who are wondering, you know, oh my God, my members are all broke. Like, I also want you guys to think about what happened when they released those Taylor Swift tickets. 600 bucks <laughs> six hundred bucks minimum for a ticket. You couldn't get onto the website. So people, again, intentional shopper. People have money and they want to spend it on what they want to spend it on. I've seen homeless people with iPhone 13s. Then, okay, who bought um, tickets? So same on the cast than she was when she was up here on the mic. It's funny, like there's like a segment on someone else's podcast. It's called Girl Bass. So it's basically how girls can actually like justify any purchase and make it free. So like this girl bought Taylor Swift tickets for all four nights plus accommodation, and so they justified it by saying <laughs> that like because they didn't have to buy six or eight flights for all four concerts so that they actually made. Money. They saved money. Oh, they made money. Okay. Okay. Fast food. Okay. Seventy percent are buying fast food less frequently. 57% are ordering less frequently through the apps and two-thirds of them are actually just picking it up now mm. from the restaurant, not paying the five bucks for the scooter. So there's a big trend in the UK. It's about to hit Australia apparently. It's called fake way. So you go to the supermarket and you like, instead of getting the takeaway, you you sort of make it yourself. Kind of like a, I don't know, like a- the, HelloFresh. A bit like HelloFresh, but more restauranty than HelloFresh. So it's a, it's a big thing in the UK, fake away. Uh, wow, that's interesting. And in travel, mm-hmm. 26% would like airlines to offer like afterpay, like flexible mm-hmm. payment plans. 
And 41% now are actually choosing a destination based on affordability as opposed to where they really want to go. Interesting. And we heard from Sophie from a previous episode, she's just got back after seven weeks in Europa. And um, I know when I speak to people that have just come back from overseas, they're just like, Jesus, it was really expensive. And they're like, I don't know if we're going to do that for a while. Mm. So audience, listen to this next bit though. Listen to this next bit. So you might be thinking, oh my God, the world's falling. Listen to this next bit. Lean in a little bit. Even in your, if you're in your car, just lean in a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So even though most of these discretionary categories have dropped by almost 50% in spend, the health industry only dropped by 15%. I want to come back to my original point. People are making sacrifices to protect what they value. Mm-hmm. And because of what happened a couple of years ago, we all value our wellness, our health. You know, you can't take that away from us. We can use lipstick a little bit less. We can just pick up the fast food or do fake away, or we can just cancel a couple of streaming services. But ultimately, I still want to look after myself. Mm. So if we join the dots here, we go, the, the boutique fitness industry is rising again. 15%. But so is the rise of the intentional shopper, mm. right? Intentional shopper. All right. So what are the... um? What are the key points you want to get across here? Okay. The first one is, there is no room for average. Mm. There is no room for average. You know, I reckon going back a couple of years, I reckon a lot of people were, you know, that have a membership here, they'd be doing a couple of extra classes over here, they'd be buying a 10-pack for that. Like, I don't reckon there's room for that in this market anymore. No. It is It is time. I'm begging you guys. Mm. If you're listening to this, you've made a very good first step, right? And I know that you guys want to. That's why you're listening to podcasts like this. There is no room for average. It is time to be distinctive. It is time to cut through. It is time to be remarkable. You can't just be another fucking logo on the wall, just another skerg on the block. You've got it like, why should you exist? Why should this intentional shopper choose you? It can't be because of the logo. Mm. You need to be so much to these guys that you're almost selling yourself to them every single week. The morning before their auto pay runs... There's got to be no doubt in their mind that 60 bucks is is coming your way because that's their friends, their community, their health, their wellness, everything. And like referencing that episode we did a long time ago, which is around like, you know, setting your vision. Mm. And I asked those questions around like, if your members turned up to your studio on Monday morning and the roller door was shut, would they care? Mm. It's got to be such a like, you've almost got to have been offended for me to ask you that, that you believe that so much. Of course they do for these reasons, right? So- there's no room for average. You've got to be distinctive and you've got to cut through. Stand up and be remarkable in this market. In tougher financial times, like it is now, what does Warren Buffett say? He goes, you could be greedy when others are fearful and exactly. when others are greedy. What we're seeing right now is that there's always an opportunity for the brave and the bold mm. to go all in. And I shout out to the top you know, studios in our academy. Fuck. You know, they're opening bigger locations they're franchising it. They're going all in. Full send. They are seeing this market split at the moment. They are seeing this market split. That should be another episode. Mm-hmm. They are seeing the market split and they go, you know what? I'm going to capitalize on, you know, this person shutting, this person shutting. I'm going to capitalize on this and I'm, I'm going to take it to a bigger game, mm-hmm. right? So with ads, like if people are pulling back on their ad spend, but you're seeing that your CPL's green and your sales conversion's green and your roll-ups at the studio's green, up. find every single dollar you've got in the back of the couch, in the car, check the glove box. Put it in, keep rolling. 
right? Because now is the time. Yeah, because it looks those average studios or all those below average studios, they're going to be like scrutinizing their costs. What's the first thing that these guys switch off every single time? Ads. Ads. Yeah, what's the, we should be the last thing you ever switch off. That's that yep. we shift. And it's like if you're stuck out sea and the base said the worst thing you can do if you're stuck out of sea is start drinking. Yeah. So these guys, yeah, they, these guys go into a death, death spiral versus the ambitious, aggressive studio owner, turn the ad spend up and just like, capturing the whole market. Yeah. The second big point is you are taking a massive risk if you haven't got your attention on lock. And like yep. now is not the time to not have a dialed in retention rhythm, both proactive and reactive happening at your studio. Now is not the time to fuck around and like have churn above, I'd say 5%. Yeah. And that doesn't mean, yeah, just leaving some email automations to, to email members you haven't seen for a month. Like that's too little, too late. Yeah. It costs five times more to get someone new than to keep the ones that you've got, right? We all know that. But, you know, when Soph deals with like studio owners and their teams that have got maybe 9% churn, 10% churn, 11% churns, ultimately, like it's not the seasonality. Mm. Seasonality kind of accounts for what we call orange churn in the academy. But if you're in the red... There's something wrong. There's something happening. There's something wrong. Yeah. And look, I want to dig into that seasonality as well because, yeah, I know a lot of the listeners out there will be thinking, oh, but my members are in Europe or, but it's, I'm in the Northern Hemisphere, it's summer holidays or down here. Oh, you know, it's winter, it's cold, right? People are showing up to the gym. What if that's just an academy? Like, churn was their handbrake metric. They went all in on it. And this is like peak winter, peak. their number? What was it? They got it sub 2%. And where was it? It was 7 yeah. So the depths of winter, and guess what? They had half their bloody gym went to Europe as well, but like they found a way through implementing like a really tight churn protocol to get their, their churn sub 2%. So in terms of like what's possible right now for your churn, you can get it down. 100% you can. Yep. The gym that I go to down the road here, 900 friggin' members, mm-hmm. right? I ran into the owner the other day and he looked like he had a really tough day. And I was like, what's going on, man? He goes, I just did my meeting with the team and we went through all the cancels. And I went, 900 members, right? What's... Five percent of nine hundred. Forty-five. Okay, and that would have been good. Yeah, right? yeah. I was like, "What's wrong, dude? Look like you sent a ghost." He goes, "I've just gone through my like, cancellation list." I was like, "Oh, nine hundred members. Like, fuck, it could be a lot." He goes, "It was 13. and he goes, "God, what a bad month that was." I was like, "A month thirteen out of nine hundred. What? I don't know what the percentage is on that, so thirteen out of nine hundred. But it's like percent. Zero point fuck all. Yeah, right." And that's like yeah, back to the split in the market. This guy's one point four furious. Yeah, furious that he's got. What, 1% of churn in the middle of winter. What, what a player with 900 members. So that's what it is, right? Now is not the time to stuff around with churn. Now is not the time to rely on automation. No. Now is not the time to like not talk to the team about their KPIs and about making sure that you're tracking. Like now is not the time to not track mm. churn. Yeah, hoping it'll get better in spring. Yeah. The third thing is now is not the time to just keep relying on the same type of ads that you were running when times were good. Mm-hmm. So you've got to connect with your prospects earlier in the journey. So we did a whole module on this with our academy peeps, and we sort of talked about the typical buyer's journey. There's, you know, of all the leads that you get, 50% of them are never going to be the buyers, right? So they're actually non-buyers, right? So then with the 50% left, about 30% of that 50% are the now buyers, mm-hmm. and then the other 70% are later buyers. And those later buyers, later kind of means in the next 18 months. It doesn't mean like next week. Mm, okay. <laughs> Which means that it's essential to connect with your prospects way earlier in the buying journey. People need to go through, right? Firstly, they start with, 
they are problem unaware. I don't even know what that problem is. Mm. That you don't exist. You don't exist. As in like me as in a gym trying to advertise. If my market is problem unaware, you're invisible. Mm. You're not even in their world yet. Then they become problem aware, mm. which means, yeah, I probably do need to lose a couple of kilos. And then once they become problem aware, then they probably start shopping and they become solution aware, right? So they go from being problem aware, but solution unaware to problem aware, solution aware. Now they're hunting. Mm. Now they're hunting, right? Now they're hunting. And then they become ready to buy. Mm. The problem is everyone in the market is going for the ready to buy people. Everyone's, yeah, everyone's going for them, but you've got to get way, way back in the process. And these ready to buy people, if you can imagine a triangle, it's the top of the, it's the tip of the triangle. Mm. Everyone's going for the same people. And it's only about 5% of the market. Mm. So the real trick here, right, especially because members are way more intentional with their spend and take longer to decide now, the smart move here is you've got to get in earlier. You've got to get in earlier to solve their problems earlier, give your market results in advance so they're actually paying you for anything just yet. And then what happens there is you're positioning yourself higher in their consideration set. So by the time it does come to when they actually do want to buy something, who are they going to buy from? Yeah. The person that's helped. They have them already. Then they already. No like and trust, right? Exactly. They're no like and trust. So we have a module in our academy called the Future 100 campaign, and it's, it's all about getting 100 leads out of the market who are your future buyers mm-hmm. and how to do that. And that's the smart move right now. And the good news about that is with my first pointer in like more ad spend is, you know, if you heard me say more ad spend, but your ads right now have blown out, you get $50 leads, your lead flow's fucked and all that kind of stuff. You run something like the Future 100 campaign and you're getting one or $2 leads out of the market who will buy from you in the future. Not right now, but in the future. So that's a biggie. Mm-hmm. Yep. What else? Okay. This is something that, you know, I know when Soph speaks to the owners, this is what they get really excited about. Because I think they feel like they can actually really do more out of this. But the fourth one is, how are you actually being more useful in this climate to your members who have got real world problems? Mm, Okay. More than just a gym, right? Exactly, dude. Yeah. I think going back a couple of years, like, you know, how you be more useful outside of the gym to your members is have a piss up at the pub. I think those days, like, you've got to be thinking a lot more creatively than that Mm, mm, mm. to give your customers more. All right. Well, what can they do? Well- I want to think about, like, I remember what we used to do back at the studio, and this was like when times were good. Our members would always complain about the cost of living in Sydney because a lot of them were kind of expats and they were like traveling through or from a different state and they would always complain about the cost of living and because we were city fringe locations, yeah, everything was bloody expensive. So instead of us being on the receiving end of some cancels because we just never actually attempted to solve some of those problems, we used to take our members across the road to the Coles and shop with them taught them how to shop, showed them how to shop to a budget, to a meal plan, to stick to the perimeter and not get fucking lost in the middle of in the aisles and start buying shit they didn't need. Mm, mm. Whenever we would go shopping across the road and pick up the toilet for the week and all the other stuff, if we saw that protein bars were on special, we would send an alert to all our mums to say, boom, these are the ones that we would recommend. They're on special. And people are like, thank you so much. It's a nice sort of touch, isn't it? It's a nice touch. Yep. We would develop handbooks and guidebooks that our members all pitched in to contribute to, which was like a collective brains trust and cheat sheet on how to basically slash the costs of groceries every single week and still eat healthy. Mm. Our members compiled that, right? Because that's the community that we built. And guess what? We use it as a lead magnet. Perfect. So like brands are innovating at the moment, right? Brands are innovating. Big W, like all the big retailers, they're really going hard at like the lay-by 
and how they can kind of help, like what you guys said with Bidality, like how they can help be part of the solution and not just head in the sand. So I would encourage you, if you're listening to this right now, team, love you guys, encourage you to innovate, right? Innovate, innovate, innovate. Some of the best studios in our academy, like they're constantly innovating. I want you to think about how can you get out of the discretionary spend and into the protected spend? Essential. Right? It's fucking, don't touch that. Exactly. Remembering the intentional shopper, people will make sacrifices, but they will protect what they value. Mm. So get out of the sacrifice category and into the protected because you're valued, right? What if you weren't just a gym to your members? If you thought through that frame, how else would you unexpectedly show up for your members in a way that completely blows them away and makes them love you even more? Mm. Yeah. Ask yourself that question and, and write down the first five things that come to mind and then go and do it. How else can you be unexpectedly helpful? Like, I reckon that is such a great frame. Like, that's such a great question to ask your teams when you do your next team session, your next upskill, your next workshop. Get your team involved. How can we become unexpectedly helpful for our members through these tough financial times and then show market leadership in that way rather than head in the sand? If we don't mention it, maybe they won't mention it. That that kind of vibe. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It does. So we've gone through... The rise of the boutique industry again. Great news. 15%. Right? But there's a big but. The big but is there's also the rise of the intentional shopper. Right? So again, the big key points where there's no room for average anymore. You've got to be distinctive. You've got to cut through. You've got to be remarkable. Right? Stand up and be counted. Why should anyone come to you versus the skirg mm. up the block? The second thing is you're taking a massive risk by not having airtight retention at your studio. And I'm talking about like get to the point where if 5% used to be your sort of watermark, get down to two. What needs to be true to make that 2%? What needs to be true to make that a two? Oh, that's, Ooh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The third thing is it's essential. If you're still running ads the same way that you ran them four years ago, not good enough. You've got to get in earlier. You've got to get in earlier and run a specific strategy to get in the hearts and minds of your prospects before they even realize you exist. Yeah. Okay. Make, them, make them problem aware and make them solution aware. And it might take 18 months as well. Correct. And how are you being more useful? I want you to like set a workshop with your team. How can we be more useful for our members? How can we be unexpectedly helpful so that we are never considered part of the sacrifice column, but we're in the protected column because they value us so much more than just the 60 bucks a week, 70 bucks a week that we hit them with every single week. But yeah, so- Overall, it's good news. It's good news. It's good news. Good news. So, listeners, I hope that you took something from that episode. We will have some of these market stats in the show notes of the podcast. I want you to lean in. I want you to really think about what we sort of talked about here. And I want you to run that workshop with your team. And I also want you to take a moment out of the hustle and decide where are you now? Where do you want to be? And what are the behavior shifts that you need to do in order to make that shift? With that, lots of love, guys. We'll see you in the next episode. See ya. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If something resonated with you, then do one of two things. Either leave a review or send this episode to a mate who's in the industry who might need to hear this. But if you want more right now because your head might be spinning and you're like, all right, those, that, what the hell do I do right now? Then in the show notes, you'll find a link to where you can book in for a free 15-minute checkup on your studio 
where we get to have a look at how you're going right now and where some of the kind of quick win opportunities are to get you moving faster. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And if you're listening to this right now, I want you to know that I love you, I appreciate you, I'm grateful for you, and I'm in your corner. You are on the right track, and I believe in you. So keep going, and I'll see you next week.